Today is, is a time of celebration. It's a time of remembering. How many of you guys forget things? How many of you have ever forgotten your spouse's birthday or anniversary? Anybody ever done that? How many of you will admit that you've done that? <clears throat> Why are the wives looking at the husbands for? Uh, how many of you have ever forgotten where you've placed something? How many of you ever blamed somebody else for something that you've misplaced? Wallet? keys, homework, you know, whatever it may be. Let's see, how many of you ever be, have ever been to a, an event or gathering, and while you were there, you saw somebody, you, you knew you knew them, but you couldn't remember their name? <laughs> Meredith and I have this thing that goes on. If I don't introduce her and somebody, hey, Sid, how you doing? And, and I, I just sort of stand there, and she... She knows to go, oh, well, hey, I'm sorry, my name is Meredith. And then they'll say, oh, my name is so-and-so, and that's sort of like the cue that I couldn't remember. <laughs> and then in the meantime, I'm able to pick up their name and go, yeah, Joe, you know, Joe, how's it been going? And, and so uh, um, you would think that not remembering is a, is a senior moment type of deal, but how many of you have children that can't remember? Have you ever had your child say to you something like this, you never, and you're like going, ne I, I just, you know, how many of you ever hid something and then you couldn't remember where you hid it? <laughs> Kids got in trouble. Kids got in trouble not long ago. I took stuff from them. You ever done that? I took stuff from them. And they got to saying to me, but daddy, you took it. And I go, I, I, I don't remember taking anything. So I went and looked in my usual spots, and I couldn't find anything, Sharon. I just wasn't there. And I go, I didn't take it. I don't know what y'all are talking about. So this, this vast search took place in the house, and finally, yeah, it was a week. Finally, I think one of them said, I, I found it. Daddy's got a new hiding place. <laughs> we just have a tendency to forget things. And I think what we want to talk about today is we don't ever want to forget something. We don't ever want to forget the blessings that God has given us, and we don't ever want to take for granted what God has done for us over the past year, because it was February the 10th, 2013, that we stood here amongst with a bunch of people in one service, and we received a gift. And it wasn't a gift that we deserved, and it wasn't a gift that we had asked for. It wasn't a gift that came as a result that we had bartered. It was a gift that came willingly. It was a gift that came freely. It was a sacrificial gift. It was a generous gift gift. You know, when we go to remember things, you know, in America, we have set aside certain dates, Steve. We remember things like July the 4th, Independence Day. We remember Thanksgiving. We remember and, and focus on men of character like Martin Luther King and uh, his efforts and what he did. We remember things like Memorial Day, where we celebrate those that have given their lives in service that have died while actively serving in the armed forces. If you look, in, if you look at Jewish history, you'll find out that um, the Israelite people set aside many celebrations and festivals. If you track the Old and New Testament, you'll think, find things like Passover or, or Sukkot, which is known as the Festival of Booths. And as Christ, Christians, we celebrate Easter and we celebrate, uh, um, we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the Lord's Supper where we, re we remember Christ's sacrifice and his, 
and his beating and his death on the cross and the blood that he shed for our salvation, for our remission of sins. Um, for remembering. Do not forget. And here's Moses as he's getting ready to, to take the people, and he won't take them in uh, because they wandered in the wilderness, and Moses wouldn't enter in with them. But Moses said, listen, before you go into the promised land, something that should have only taken days had now taken years. And Moses said, listen, before you enter into this land, I want to tell you something. Never, ever forget. Don't forget. And I was reminded of the words in Deuteronomy 4, 9, as he encouraged the people, and he said this, but watch out, be careful, never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let the memories escape from your mind as long as you live, and be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren. You know why? Because it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget the great things of God. If you track the scriptures back, this is what you'll find. In that day and time, they experienced the great things of God. The generation after them didn't experience the great things of God, but they heard about the great things of God. And the generation after them neither experienced nor did they hear. And they didn't, and they didn't experience. They forgot. They forgot. We don't ever want to forget February the 10th, 2013, what God did through a group of people. Through their investment, what they blessed us with. And so I want to reflect today just briefly because there's so many stories and there's no way to recount all the stories. But there's so many stories that maybe you guys just don't know. See, you don't know the stories of financial blessing and you don't know maybe the stories that early on that as Brian and Brooke were moving before Heritage ever even had a check account. Before that ever took place, here they are loaded up and God provides, <laughs> God provides moving expenses. God doesn't provide a house, but when he does something, he provides two houses that were unsolicited. Hey, I just want you to know, I don't really know, but here's, we have two, you know, this, this is one person says, I got a house. Another person says, I got a house. We just, we want to open them up. You're like going, you got to be kidding me. And see, that happened a few years ago when Sharon was making the move. And it wasn't the fact that we had solicited in the matter of 24 hours, we had two people call us to say, two different people, I don't know, but the Lord just wants me to say this. We have a home. We want to offer it to you. Another person, I've got a home. I just want to be able to offer it. I don't know why. God's involved in that in some way. I can't tell you the numbers of times that we've experienced great blessings. Um, I think about office space, you know, Stephen and Chick-fil-A, I mean, that was our usual hangout place, wasn't it, Steve? I mean, here it was. That was sort of that little corner booth over there. Many people came to know the Lord sitting in that corner booth in that little side. You know, Brian and I had a place we could plug in our computer, and, and uh, people would go through the drive-thru and see that we were in there, and they'd just pull right on around and come in and sit down and talk. Or the fact that we would have a family that would say, listen, at that stage, we have office space for you. We want to offer it to you for free. I mean, that just doesn't happen. That's God's resources saying, listen, I want to bless you, the sacrifice of someone else. And I, and I go back and look and I remember and I think about the restored marriages or the healed hearts or the hope that's been brought to people and people that didn't have any hope. And there are so many stories among us of God's faithful that we've experienced since the beginning of heritage. Babies have been born. How many have had babies that have been born since, you've, since heritage begun? Raise hands. We've got lots of babies all over the place. Some have had multiple babies, multiple <laughs> children. 
We usually have them in clumps, though. They like three or four born at a time. That's usually what happens. They get born in these little clumps. Um, you know, how many times have we prayed for, 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 for people here that have been sick? How many times have we prayed here for families that have been dealing with infertility and, and we've seen the blessing of the Lord? How many, long, how many times have we gathered around somebody that was struggling uh, instead of pointing fingers at them and telling them everything that, that was going wrong in their life, we, we gathered around them to support them and pray for them. We've just seen and experienced a lot of neat things. And last year, in 2012, in October, in September, the, the overseers were praying, God, what do you want to do next? What is the next step? Here we are, we've been in a school for five years, and, and that was just a miracle in itself of all the blessings I mean, Meredith and Brooke used to get together and everything that was going on, they used to say, Lord, would you please give us a way that we don't have to move everything in and out of these classrooms? And who, when's the last time you heard of a school shutting down and closing up? And then we've had the use in the, of all those resources for those two or three years that, we, that God just blessed us with and the relationships there. And he would open up the door for Operation Bless Wildwood that still continues on today and continues to grow. There's just been so many things. And as we were praying in that September-October time frame, God, what is it that you want next? The only thing that we knew was that God was faithful and that he was in control. But in December, December, we would receive a phone call to say, hey, this is what we feel like God wants us to do. And last year, a year ago, February the 10th, we would move into this facility, into these resources that a group of people sacrificed. A year ago when we got word, the, the first thing that came to my mind were the words of Moses. And we talk about these passages, and we, we talk about them an awful lot because we are blessed people. But again, I remind you of what Moses said. He said, listen, I want you guys to understand that you're fixing to go into a land. We were coming to a city where buildings had been built and soil had been, had been tilled. And there were, there were things that were, we were going to benefit from that the people before us had laid the groundwork. I mean, there was a, there was a, a vision of a group of people that, that laid a lot of groundwork for us to be able to come in and do what we're doing and what we're going to do in the days ahead. And, and if you were part of First Baptist Fruitland Park, uh, Park um, before and you were part of that transition, would you stand just for a second? If you're here today and you were part of that transition, would you stand? Yeah. Thank you guys. For 50 years, I think it was 50 years that the groundwork had been laid at First Baptist Fruitland Park and the work that had taken place. And, and we're just stepping into to fulfill and continue on the work that this, this family had done. And, and this is... This is, this is just a part of God's family. Um, and Chris, I want to interview you just for a second because I want to ask you a couple of questions because you were part of that leadership and that transition that took place. Um, because I think it would be really good to hear. Because in the midst of the transition, can you imagine what it would have been like for a group of people that were, that were basically saying, here, we want to bless you. That we, they, we, we want to give you something that was completely sacrificial. And I'm reminded of, you know, that unless a, a grain of wheat falls to the sand or falls to the ground and dies. And what you guys were doing is you were presenting us something that you were saying, here, we've done our best. We're presenting you with something so that you can continue on the work that we began. 
That was a tough time, wasn't it, Chris? Yes, it was. Wow. Um, <clears throat> what was going on in your mind? Because this is where you'd raised your family. You guys had been here for 30 of the, or, of the 50 years. Least, and what was, what was taking place in your mind? Because I think that some people would say it was a death that took place, whereas I'm looking at it, man, it was life. I mean, you look here and you go, it was a life that was taking place. Yeah, it, um, like I said, we, me and my wife have been here for about 30 years. We've raised our kids. In fact, my oldest kid, I think I said this was, he was actually the, we started the children's dedication service with him here in this church. So he was, he was actually the first child dedicated in this church. All, all the rest of mine, the other, the other three. But uh, that was probably the hardest thing, dealing with, the, with, the, with our kids in that. They were raised up in this church. Um, our youngest one was away at school while all this was taking place. And she, uh, she, I remember saying, you know, she, it was disbelief for her that, that, that the church was going away. Um, so it was, it was a big step. It was, it was a lot of, as we were reaching this decision, there was a lot of question, a lot of doubt about it. Um, about what was because here you were coming and you could only see you could only see this far in the journey you could see to february the 10th when that transition took place but you had no clue what was next exactly so there was an awful lot of i would say anxiousness are we doing the right thing god is is this what you want us to do this is what we feel in our hearts that what you want us to do after much prayer um but looking back now on the past year because you and your family are involved in a small group you guys have gone to the men's retreats you've you've participated in things like what's happened over here you've been to Nicaragua tell us what the past year has been like backing up just a little bit before that our our goal for this church has always been that it that it should be the lighthouse for this community and in the past years, we felt that light was getting very dim. Um, we just weren't reaching the community like what we should. And that's what kind of where the whole decision came from was, you know, are we doing, are we doing our part for this community? And, and the answer, the leadership of the church kept coming back, no, we're not. And over this past year, we've seen that light get very strong. Uh, I think this church has done a great job Reaching the, reaching the community again, shining that light out there for God. Beginning that process. Beginning oh, because well, yes, we've only yes. just begun. There's a song like that, isn't it? We've only just <laughs> begun. Yeah. Yeah, just, just, the, just, I mean, just like yesterday, the, the run, uh, you know, that was, that was wonderful. Um, to take that from just, just what it was for the city to actually involve the church and, and actually make it mean something. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that we hope to continue to grow in the days ahead and for the community to become a part. And, and what we're seeing on a daily basis is a, is a more connecting of the church bodies that are here within the community and the working together. And there's a group of pastors that meet every month across the street at City Hall to pray, to pray for our leadership, that we would be instruments of peace within this community. Because in the days ahead, there's going to be a lot of changes, aren't there? Yes, there are. Absolutely. Lots of changes. And so mm -hmm. God... For such a time as this, for us to be able to say, okay, God, you're offering us the opportunity 
a resource so that we can be responsible of, of transitioning and being a light in this community. And I just want to say to you guys, thank you so much for all of you that were a part of that process for the blessing that you've given us. And the only thing I want to say is we will never forget. We don't ever, ever, ever want to forget. Is there someone here that's a part of this time that over the past year that you've seen and you've experienced, and you may just have a strong word to say, Chris, this is what I want to say to you. Um, I, I want to I share this word of encouragement. There were a couple of guys in the early service like Bart. Bart, what is it that you said earlier? What is it that you want to say to them? Jack Post, what do you what do you want to say to Chris Bell and those people? You can stand where you are. This is what do you what is it that you want to verbalize to them? Jim Frazier. There was something that Jim said in the midst of the meetings. Jim, why don't you stand? Jim's another one of the overseers. And I'm like going, you've got to be kidding me. That is never going to happen. You remember those conversations, Jim?
I said, Jim, you're out of your mind. You got to be kidding me. Let me let me touch on that, Sydney. You know, it. They paid you off, didn't yes, they? Yes, they did. They had Just to. Now that, <laughs> you know, I, I was probably the the one that was dragging their feet the most. You know, most some of those digging boards had been only here for a few years. You know, I had 30 years, and I was dragging my feet. Uh, you know, is is this really where where we want to go? And it took a lot of prayer. Um, and, and then once the deacon board was in unanimous consent about it, to take it to the church. I just knew that wasn't going to happen. Oh, you know, I was dreading that night. Um, I figured people were going to get up there and start swinging. You know, across the street, I don't ever bring anything. You know, usually when I bring something to a vote, I pretty much know how that vote's going to come out. I had no clue that night. But when... When it, when it was asked and everybody in that room raised their hand, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, I said, you know, it has to be a God. You know, I remember talking to Chad that afternoon, the pastor at First Fruitland Park, and Chad was stressed, and I, I remember praying with him, and I, was, I said, Chad, why are you so stressed? I said, because we're not asking you of anything. We're just asking that God shows up, and if that's what God wants, then he'll, he'll do that. I was totally shocked when he called me and said, you aren't going to believe this. That's the shortest church conference meeting we've ever had. And he said, I just, I can't believe it. And so we knew that God had showed up. He had showed up in a huge, huge way. I want to say this, Chris, and I'm, I'm not too much of a prophet, but this is what I want to say to you. I think God has allowed us the opportunity to experience this blessing and the sacrifice of what you guys have done so that we ourselves can be able to tell this story down the line because I believe there are millions if not billions, billions of dollars of properties all around our world that people are holding on to and not using for a kingdom purpose. There are groups of people that are gathering on a Sunday morning trying to hold things together, and yet there are groups that are in that area that would love to have what we've been blessed with. And so I keep asking myself, God, how do you want to use the story of sacrifice to encourage others to let go, um, not because it's a sense of failure, but it's a sense of purpose, a sense of vision of what God is doing. And that's what I want to say to you, because I believe that in the days ahead that we're going to have multiple opportunities to be able to share. It's not about failure. It's not about defeat, but it's a, it's a sense of vision. And what you guys, your vision that you had started, you had worked so hard for and worked so hard to accomplish, God's now is just in a different form. He's carrying out that. And we have a great sense of responsibility to do that. We're forever indebted to you, but we know that God provided. And so we have a great responsibility to fulfill what God has blessed us with and to continue the work that was begun. I asked if, thank you, Chris. Yes, I, I asked um, if, if Sheila would come and say maybe a, a word or two because as director of administration and mobilization, there's a lot of things that she sees that a lot of times we don't see. And uh, I thought you might want to have the opportunity to share some of those blessings today. Sounds like a big title. Really, I get to do whatever Sid doesn't want to do. <laughs> and I get the joy of mobilization. That means that I get to work with God's people as they become his hands and his feet. So what greater joy could there be? 
When we pulled up to the building and when we started looking at the building, I thought, what a blessing and also what a responsibility because it was just begun. I had the privilege of being able to walk through these halls when they didn't look the way they do now. And as I did, I thought I wished I could hear from the people that came before us some of the conversations they had, some of the dreams that they had dreamed, some of the fears that were in their minds. You know, I think so much when I walk these halls about Hebrews 11. It's the hall of faith, we call it. And he talked about Moses and Abraham and Noah and Ruth and Rahab the harlot. They're listed there because they had the faith to believe and the confidence to believe that God would do what God said he was going to do. And we have that confidence here. I looked at that hall of faith and I thought, you know, they're up there cheering us on. They've done this journey and they can say, yay, God, and be cheering for us. But our journey has just begun, and this year has been an exciting year. You know, we prayed for a place. Pastor Sid's always telling us we don't want to build him. We didn't want to build him, but we, we wanted a place. We wanted a place that would be home, that people would know where to reach us and to find us in their times of need. And God gave us a place. And we've been able to do some exciting things this year that we were never able to do before. We've been able to open our home and invite people in. We've been able to share with them during their sorrows and their grief as we had a place that we could provide funeral dinners. We've been able to share in celebrations because we had a place that we could celebrate marriage with those who were getting married. We've been able to have a place that we could grow as an internal family. When we began, we had the whole upstairs that was our children's ministry. And now it takes up the whole building besides what we're in. We have a youth group that began in a home, and then they became nomads because we did not have a place for them. So we had to go to other places to have our youth group. Our youth group got here. They were so excited. They had a place. <laughs> they had the youth pit. They had a room. And now on Wednesday nights, if you're here, they have the whole place except for this worship center, because they have been able to grow, to grow spiritually, to share life together, and to learn to serve together. So it's exciting because internally we have a place. But then he's given us more than that. He gave us the old parsonage, which the city's so excited because we painted it and it looks really good now. But that's called the Life Center, and we call it a safe place to grow. Because it's where we can have things like financial peace about the resources and talk about how God does deal with money. We can have a place that LifeWorks can come in and meet some of the needs through counseling because we know that we all have real-life needs. It's a place where we can have the Daniel plan. It's a place, a safe place to grow. And we had Nicaragua before we came here. But now it's a place where our Nicaragua team can equip themselves so that they can go more prepared. And now we have Beyond the Walls Food Bank because that's a place that we can serve and that we can share and lives can be touched. You know, before we had this place, we didn't have a lot of places for people to use their hands and feet. But we see those 
hands and feet being used every day. I really got the joy when we first got here, and all the contractors came in, and they did abundantly beyond anything we could have imagined. And all the volunteers that came in and said, this is my home. What can I do? Because they wanted to be God's hands and God's feet. And, you know, I really get excited about when I think about Hebrews 11, that heaven's throng is cheering us on. The ones that were here, the ones that came here to establish it to begin with, and even the ones that went on before them. But even more lately than before, as I walk through the halls of this place, I think about the people. Because the next chapter in Hebrews says, Set your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. For the joy that was before him, he endured the cross. Consider him so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We've also been called as his people, that he gave this place to be his people. To keep our eyes on him. So that we can join that group of heaven's throng, those people of faith. Because we have the convictions that God will do what he decided to do here. And that we have the commitment to be able to be his people to make it happen. God has a lot he wants to do here. And it's like Jack said in the video, he's calling something from each one of us that he wants us to do. So we have a lot of ways that we can go beyond the walls and that we can serve within the walls of this church. But heritage has always been found upon the foundation of growing spiritually in this place and beyond. Sharing life together in this place and beyond. And serving others in this place and beyond. Don't you, like I, want to be able to say one day that someone can stand here and say that they were a people of faith. They had the convictions that God would do what he said he was going to do. And they made the commitment to do what he was calling them to do. And then all God's people could say, yay, God. Let's give him a great yay, God. Yay, God. Oh, let's do that one more time. Yay, yay God. God. <laughs> Thank you, Sheila. But you know, it wasn't just the fact that we were coming into a land that there would have been a lot of work and a lot of preparation before we got here. Um, I was also reminded of the words of what, of what Moses told the people as they gathered. And as he assembled them, just as Moses said to the people of Israel, I say to us today, do not forget. Do not forget, be careful. Be careful not to forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of, the, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God and serve him only. If we come to the place that we start thinking more about heritage and thinking more about the things that we think that we've accomplished, we'll start to fail. And what Moses says in the midst of that, he says, be careful to remember because if you don't remember what eventually will happen is you'll be destroyed because you'll come to depend on your own abilities. You'll go from bragging about what God is doing to bragging about what you think you're doing. And your dependency on Him will falter and fail. So the word for us today is not only remember, but do not forget of where the blessings come from. Yes, they flowed through First Baptist Fruitland Park, but ultimately they're from God and God alone. 
And we believe that with all of our heart. Um, let me ask you a question. And if you believe in what I, I read, would you please say yes? Do you believe that the resources that God blessed us with were resources that came from God alone? Yes. Yeah. Do you believe that the properties and assets that First Baptist Fruitland Park presented us were, were an act of sacrifice and generosity? Do you believe that we have a responsibility to use the assets for God's glory and for his kingdom advancement alone? Do you believe that we have a responsibility to tell the story of God's greatness to the future generations so that they will never forget God's greatness and his faithfulness? Do you believe that? Ah. See, I wonder what's next. I wonder what God's going to do and is in the process of doing. See, it's not really about heritage, but it's really about how do we make his name famous? How do we make his name famous? Last year when we gathered, one of the things that we did is we gave away some, some rocks, some stones. And we did that because as the, as the, as the people of Israel crossed over the, the Jordan, Joshua, now the new leader of the people, commanded the leaders of the Israelite tribes to go back into that, into that water and, and, and to grab up a stone and to bring it into the camp and to place it as a, as a sign of memorial. And they did that, and, and what Joshua said to them was this, and we find this in Joshua chapter 4. He said to them, in the future your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on the dry, on the dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before their eyes, and he kept it dry until you were across, just as he did when the Red Sea, when he dried it up until we all had crossed over. So he did all of this, all the nations of the earth might know the Lord's hand is powerful, so that you might fear the Lord your God forever, forever. And so last year we gave out rocks, not just as a memento, but as a symbol that people would always remember. And on those rocks, there were etched those words, Joshua 4, to remind us of God's faithfulness. That, and we ask you to take those rocks and place them in a conspicuous place within inside of your home or place of business. That as a family, that when you saw that or when somebody came into your home from time to time, you'd have an opportunity to go, because this is what happens. Well, where, where did that come from? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that. Can I sit down and tell you a story? Lest we forget because the story that took place last year sent reverberations around this community and really around this state, and if not, around this nation because of the sacrifice of a group of people. And we need to consistently be reminded to tell that story lest we forget and fall into sin. That's a story, and we asked your children to come today and be a part of this because we wanted to remind them of that story. And every year at this time, we will go back and we will remember the story lest we forget and think that it's about us so if you're here today and you didn't get one of those rocks last year maybe there's enough that you can grab one as a family there's not enough for everybody but if you didn't get one last year and you're here today and, and as a family you'd like one of those there's one that you can take with you uh, just as a reminder but another thing that we're going to do today as a reminder of God's faithfulness and that God's work is still being done there are multitudes of people that have given their lives to the Lord multiple people that have, that have made decisions to trust Christ, 
multiple decisions of people saying, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. Multiple things that have taken place in the side of our families this past year where people have made significant spiritual decisions. And in our service today, we have three that have come saying, I want to be baptized because of my faith in Jesus Christ. And so if those three are here, I want you guys to come down and those that will be participating in the baptismal service today. It was a few weeks ago that, that Glenn was baptized, and we talked about baptism a few weeks ago. And uh, in a small group meeting the other day, Grisilla pipes up and says, I need to be baptized. Why is that, Grisilla? Well, a lot of you know that I have already been baptized once uh, very early in life, and a lot's happened since then. I'm went away from God for a long time, and I went very far away from God. And I, I decided, I, I've been spoken to by God recently, and he tells me he wants me to come back. He wants me to proclaim his love for him in front of everybody. And, and he's just spoken to me enough to know that this is what I need to do. And I'm just, just grateful to be here and be able to do it. Mm. Glenn, how about as a husband? Any thoughts? It, it makes me really proud. Um, you know, of course, this walk for me has been 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 different, been new for me as well. But um, I, I almost felt a little weird when I decided to be baptized, and like she didn't. Like I, I, I thought it was kind of strange, and then I realized that it, it wasn't about her; it was just about me. And then now, now it's about her. So I'm very <laughs> proud. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Jamie was another one that said, um, I'm missing something here. This is something God's speaking to me. Jamie? I was also baptized about 15 years ago. Um, and I, I, I believed in God, but I too fell away and I, I made some mistakes. And um, kind of like, you know, I would seek God, but really when I needed to. Um, and then it would just go away, and things were good, and then something happened, and then I would seek God again, but I really didn't listen, and so um, a few pivotal things have happened in my life, and I decided that I wanted to listen, and I heard him, and he's been speaking to me. Um, I was taking a walk and, and just talking to God about things that, um, you know, just people I was praying for and things that I was hoping for, and he said, well, you need to get baptized. And I actually argued. <laughs> I said, I've already, been I've already been baptized. Why? Why would I do that? So I, I let that go. I actually ignored it. And it kept coming back. And then um, at dinner, I, I shared with a, a close friend. And I said, you know, I think he's telling me that. But do people even do that? Do people even get rebaptized? And she said, absolutely. I do remember certain people in my, in my life the past few years just saying, um, different things, and, and one of the things that um, a good friend of mine, Chris Wu, had said, she says, you know, um, I know you say you're there, but you'll know. 
you just know when you know. And I didn't know what that meant, and I ignored it, and about a year and a half later, I said, I got it. I know. I absolutely know now. Hmm. So it's a good feeling. That's great. Carlos, how about a, as a husband, because you'll have the opportunity today to participate and be the one that baptizes her. Any comments? Well, from my, from my perspective, um, we've been kind of wondering for a while uh, as a family and as a husband and wife. And uh, for a while, I've been uh, asking God, you know, um, where does my family need to go? And I, just, I realized that until I decided to change myself first uh, in, in our faith, that uh, God would not be able to move uh, in uh, Jamie's life. So as a husband and a leader of my family, I had to say, you know, God changed me first because I wanted you to change the life of my wife and my kids. Uh, and until uh, uh, that happens, then uh, God won't be able to move in my wife's life. So, and then uh, I'm just excited for her, for her journey. That's great. Josh, you got a bunch of guys behind you here. <clears throat> Josh said the other day, he said, you know, he said, um, it's time. Um, I followed the crowd early on, but it's time that I proclaim my faith in Jesus Christ. This is a very significant time for you, Josh, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> you got a bunch of guys behind you. What are they doing back here? Are they stalking you? No, that's your job. Oh, that's my job. <laughs> no, this is, um, this is my uh, original small group back here, um, except for one, but that's okay. Um, and so when I decided to do this, the forefront in my mind was the guys from Chick-fil-A. Um, huge support. I mean, there's not one guy up here that if I needed anything, drop of a hat, no problems. Um, that's why they're up here today, um, you know. And when the decision, the neat thing for me was when I decided to do this, it was at a moment when I had a migraine headache, didn't want to be here, and I, you know, and I went to small group that night, and that's why these two are here because y'all know me. Sometimes I just don't, you know, I just say what I need to say, and when I said what I needed to say, they jumped on board. And it was so cool because I was like, I don't want to do it by myself. And so that's why I'm doing it now. And because I was little, I didn't, I think I followed the crowd. Now I know what it means to be baptized. And that's why these guys are here too. I mean, everybody up here. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let me take that from you before you get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim or Mike or any of you guys, anything you want to say to Josh today? Dan, any one of you guys? I'll go first. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think that watching Josh's growth you know, has been pretty amazing. Um, you know, when he first showed up at Chick-fil-A, um, and that's basically what it was. He showed up and sort of invited himself in. And, of course, we were glad to have him. But um, watching him from where he was, you know, in, in his walk to, to where he's at now, and, and watching his growth has been absolutely amazing. Um, and, and knowing that that small group has had something, you know, to do with that. Um, there are, I tell you, you know, the one thing you know about this small group, we tend to, to get each other out of our comfort zone. And um, we tend to push, yeah, just a little bit, Josh. Um, and we tend to push each other pretty hard. And, and we've had times where we've 
Dan can attest to this, and we've, we've held each other and other people accountable. And I can tell you, because of this small group, there are lives that are different today than what they were. And it's been a phenomenal group uh, to be a part of. And uh, we're just glad to give Josh a swift kick in the pants. That's good. Well, I'll tell you what, let's start off with Josh. Come on. You can sit down, Josh. There you go. It's a very significant time for you, Josh, but it's a significant time for us because, because when you come and you say that I want to follow Jesus, um, we believe we have a strong responsibility to follow up and to nurture you in the days ahead. I know that these men are very special to you as are many other people here. But I want to ask you a question before Melvin baptizes you today. Josh, have you come to the place in your life that you believe that Jesus died on a cross and do you desire to follow him with all your heart? Yes. That's great. You might want to close your nose here. Yeah. Josh, based on that decision to follow Jesus Christ, today I'm very excited to be able to baptize you to participate in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism raised to walk in a new life. Jamie, come on. Okay, Miss Jamie. Watch the shoes. Those look real expensive. Just like with Josh, Jamie, I, I feel a, a dear, deep responsibility um, that as a church, that when you, somebody says that they want to follow Jesus, to do everything that we can to walk alongside of them. I want to ask you a very important question. Jamie, have you come to the place in your life that where you believe that Jesus died on a cross for your sins and that you also believe with all your heart that your desire today is to not only trust him, but to follow him and obey him? Yes, without a doubt. Yeah. Based on that decision, it's really neat that your husband, almost said your daddy, no, <laughs> your husband has an opportunity to participate in this, to be able to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism. Go ahead. Yeah. And raised to walk in new life.
You know, Grisella, I know a lot of your story, and you came as a result of a relationship, I think a lot that had to do with Brooke Williams in the beginnings, and to watch and see what God has done in your life and to be, be able to participate today in this is very special for us. A question I have for you, have you come to the place that you believe with all your heart that Jesus died on a cross to provide forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you desire today to, to, to proclaim before everybody here um, that you desire to trust him and follow him and obey him with all, my heart. with all your heart based on that decision you might want to sit flat on your fanny <laughs> it's exciting today for us to be able to participate in this time and to baptize you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in your life Chris, those of you that are part of, were part of that transition, we want to be faithful to continue on the work that you guys started, and may we be faithful to that for all of you that, that were so generous in your gift. But may we never forget, may we never forget the responsibility we have. And as we go today, and as you tell the story, May we be reminded that it's not what happens in here on Sundays that makes the difference in this community. What makes the difference is when we take God's love and an intent to love him and to love other people outside the walls of these church is what makes the difference. How will we as God's people in the days ahead live in such a way that they see that we are a light, that we are here as God's people to make a difference? that we are living out a heritage of faith. I want to read the words of Paul in a closing and a benediction as we prepare to leave today because these are the words that he spoke to us. May God who gives us this patience and encouragement help us to live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for the followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you sing, and then we depart, just one little chorus of God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so blessings.